face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to the Film to Film podcast. My name is James. I am joined here by my good friend and uh, fellow co-host, uh, Inyaki. How are you doing, Inyaki? Doing pretty well, James. How about you? I am doing just fine. So we are uh, right in October, so we're perhaps choosing the absolute most appropriate movie for this uh, season, uh, Halloween. Um, this yes, is someone might call it cliche. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that's that's real. Uh, yeah, I mean this is I think the first North American film that I've chosen. Uh, so uh, choosing going straight to the classics here. Um, so we're going to talk about Halloween. Um, and then we're going to follow up with talking about the latest Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Um, and that review will probably be a little bit shorter. Um, both of these are going to be filled with spoilers. So um, if you are just uh, if you haven't seen it yet uh, and you want to watch the film before uh, watching it, then uh, please do that uh, before. But first, we're going to be talking about the um, original Halloween. Um, so Inyaki, um, I assume you have seen this film a few times. Uh, mm-hmm. when, uh, when have you seen it? Uh, how many times? Uh, how do you think it held up this time? Uh, I've seen it four times. Uh, the first time I saw it, um, must, must have been in the mid to late, late nineties. So I was, I was probably eight or 10. That was probably the first time I saw it. Um, uh, so yeah, the first time I saw it, I thought it was terrifying. And, um, I mean, I was basically the uh, Michael Myers age. <laughs> yeah, and you hadn't been to America before, right? When you saw no, it. no. So this was in Chile. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how was it watching it as uh, someone that had never been? Because I mean, like one of the characteristic things about this is that it's very suburban America, uh, and you hadn't right. been to suburban America. It was like, interestingly enough, in Chile, I lived in somewhat of a gated community. Um, And because of that, within that gated community, there there were houses uh, that there were like houses were somewhat nearby to, I mean, they were just much smaller than the the ones in in, in in the film. But you have, you had sort of that neighborhood feel. So it was translatable. Granted, it was not the same, not at all. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like the 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 American su- suburbs are a thing, and you know they're they're very unique, especially uh, when we're talking about the Midwest feel. Yeah, although like Midwest or whatever, I mean, like somewhat mid- universal. Yeah, in, in, in America at least. Exactly, um, and I mean, yeah. In Santiago, you don't really have that, but I mean, when you're a kid, at least you don't you don't think too much about it, especially at that age. Uh, I I was more concerned in the concept of, oh, that that house has uh, two floors, and I live in a two floors house uh, in a house that has two floors, uh, things like that, you know. Um, but. Um, Right, right, and and you know, there's a certain like simplicity and universality to the film. Uh, like, it's a very, very simple premise. I'm sure we'll get into this later. Uh, mm. That probably makes it uh, pretty, so you know, somewhat relatable. Um, just the setting, uh, and so that was the first time you've seen it, and you've seen it a few more times since then. 
Yeah, so I mean, I saw it again, I think, when I was in high school, uh, and then uh, for a uh, for a critical literature class in undergrad that I focused on horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched it there, and then I watched it again now. So it's been a long time since then and now that I've seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So how, yeah, how, yeah. What, what are your feelings on the film now that... Um, we've kind of come back to it i mean no it, it's still a really good film for cons- there's a reason why you know when you when you see cliches in films there's always a basis to it and it is amazing how this low bu- low budget film from the 70s was that basis i mean most of the most most tropes within slasher films come from you know derived from halloween and and the reason why is because halloween not not only they did it did it but they did it so well uh it's a really well done film uh you know uh, from the attention to details on the neighborhood which was i mean the whole thing was shot in california during the summer and having to make that turn that into uh make it look like fall is pretty impressive a fall in Illinois, right? Um, uh, the details with the with the pumpkins. Uh, I mean, the, the the whole Halloween just feel. Which, so you live in Seattle, yeah, and I live in the I live in the East Coast, and and you're originally from Mercer Island. So I'm gonna shoot some questions to you. Suburban, yeah, suburban. But how big was Halloween there? Uh, it was pretty big. Uh, I mean. P- People went trick or treating, um, and uh, yeah, there's always some teenagers uh, messing up people's houses and stuff. Right, but when it comes to uh, like the ornaments, like around the houses and all that, like uh... oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely um, a fair amount of that going on. Okay, yeah. it's like you know, I'm from. I mean, after I moved to the US, I moved to Seattle. In Seattle, I mean, you got some, you got some going on, mm-hmm. but. Uh, here on the East Coast, I mean, they go all out. They, and, and I mean, it, it's, it feels a lot more like in, in, in the movie. Because in, oh, in Halloween, the movie, huh. you have like every house has a shit ton of pumpkins. Every house has a shit ton of like a bunch of other stuff. Here, I mean, not so much D.C., but like uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, mm-hmm. where, where I've spent a couple of Halloweens over there. It's... They go all out. They have a Halloween parade. I mean, it's just, uh, it's actually like, it's just really co- almost cozy because it's just like you have that, the, the whole all the, the whole neighborhood is just lit with, uh, you know, the jack-o'-lanterns and, and all that stuff. Uh, and it's cozy. It's cozy. It's creepy at the same time. I don't know. It, it's just. It's just kind of cool. And 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 this is the attention to detail that I think uh, Carpenter gave this film that also just makes it so enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's as you said, there's a lot in this film that has kind of become cliches, and uh, I mean, a lot of it is I think because it's a very simple film. <laughs> uh, 
uh, it made it seem like something that is easy to mimic. But just coming back to it, even after watching a bunch of slashers and stuff like that, um, it's clear that this is definitely one of the best um, of them, just surely by a lot of like the details, as you said, and the craftsmanship that went into just a lot of small things like the cinematography and uh, just some of the camera movements and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a well-made film. Um, in a way that not all slashers uh, definitely are. Um, right. For me, uh, this is, uh, I think, probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen this, t- too. Um, when, back when you were uh, kind of helping to give me my horror education at the end of um, our stay at UW, uh, oddly enough, I, I don't think we watched this film, and I, I don't know why that was. Uh, maybe it was because you'd just seen it recently in that, uh, mm-hmm. in that comparative literature course um, and didn't want to rewatch it again. Um, but uh, I know we have watched a couple of the other big, uh, you know, tentpole franchises, Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, and Friday the 13th. But we, I, oddly enough, I, I don't think we watched this film during that time. So um, mm-hmm. I've seen it uh, kind of on my own um, the few times that I have watched it. Um, so yeah, uh, and uh, I think it's I think it's quite a good film. Um, and uh, despite it being sort of mimicked so much, um, I think it holds up pretty well. And there's a reason why it's sort of regarded um, as a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how about the uh, Halloween franchise in general? I mean, I guess we'll get into this more um, as we do those. Have you seen uh, the other films in the franchise? Um, I'm not. In- seen all of them but i've okay. seen i have seen a few so i've seen the first and second one mm-hmm. um when it was playing on tv like you know like if it was on tv I've, i think i've seen like bits it, like bits of of other ones uh, and i saw halloween h2o okay uh, when i was in i think sophomore in college in undergrad mm-hmm. um and I, and I mean, just today I watched. Uh, well, today I watched the the latest one. Uh, yesterday I watched uh, Halloween, uh, the twenty eighteen one. Okay. I I I've yet to watch the Rob Zombies. I okay. hear they're kind of a mess. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it it feels like this movie has been sort of re be redone been redone like a couple of times because you have one two. Then three doesn't count because it's not about Michael Myers. Four, five, six, seven, or just six. And then you have H2O <laughs> that completely undo- undoes everything except for the first two. Yeah. And then but, Resurrection, I think. And then, that. yeah, then it's Resurrection. Uh, I think Resurrection is the one with Paul Rudd. <laughs> I, I thought that was six, but you know. Oh, you're right. I think... I mean, Paul Rudd is supposed to be uh, Tommy Doyle. Tommy, yeah. Who who does make an appearance in uh, both of the films we're going to discuss? Right. Uh, he, I mean, he's the main character in in the uh, the main Halloween film. Kills. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so it went to hell. They did H two O to fix it, and it went to hell again, and then Rob Zombie came in and did not fix it. <laughs> and now they kind of did everything back to one, not even not even two happened, but just one to fix it. Now, I don't know why they did. Oh, I, I guess they wanted to get rid of the the, um, the connection between uh, 
uh, Laurie and... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, to also speak a little bit towards the Rob Zombie ones, which I've also watched in the last couple of years, uh, those are also... The Halloween uh, that he did is a remake. Right. So it's not uh, not a sequel. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, though, as is the case for a lot of these franchises, um, it's kind of a mess um uh do so but uh just real basically do you like any of those films um i mean we'll talk about uh the more recent halloweens later on in the episode but any of the other ones uh, i mean uh the the second one i thought was quite good mm-hmm. um then um h2o was kind of campy but at least it had like a very clear ending mm-hmm uh, unfortunately, then, <laughs> then there's a sequel that there shouldn't have been. And I thought the 2018 one was actually uh, rather good. Um, uh-huh. Had it ended there, I think uh, it would have been. Uh, it would also would have it would have been a, a, another H2O. <laughs> a successful reboot. A, success, a successful reboot with an end. Okay. H2O had a very clear end. Uh, uh-huh. You know, chopping uh, Michael Myers' head off. Uh, this one was, you know, more ambiguous. But you could have ended it there if you really wanted to end the franchise. Yeah, yeah. That's a big F. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have, uh, I've seen a lot of the same ones you have. I have seen Halloween 1 through 4, actually. Um, I, I actually like all four of the first four. Obviously, the first one's the best. I also like Halloween 3, although it's kind of like the weird odd oddball in the family. It doesn't really fit in at all. More of a one-off. Um, I mean, I wish it, there was a remake for that one. Because I've yeah, seen no, 3, too. I, I think 3 is a legitimately good movie. I think it's worth discussing. Um, it's just kind of weird because it's uh, lumped into the franchise where it's something that the rest of the franchise is not. Uh, so it's a little tricky to discuss uh, in the context of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, it obviously had Carpenter's involvement to some extent. Um, uh, and uh, I, I have also seen the Rob Zombie ones, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I guess they're okay. I appreciate him trying to try something new, but um, for me, I'm not a huge Rob Zombie guy, so uh, not a huge fan of those films. Um, and we'll discuss uh, the more recent two later. Um, but I, I had... Uh, I also like the 2018 version too. Um, I don't think it's great or anything like that, uh, but I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. good third part, or yeah, no, yeah. sorry, sequel because the second one never happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, there's obviously like a lot of lore with Halloween. People have different relationships with sort of the franchise and stuff like that. Sounds like we're coming to it at sort of a similar place where we've seen you know a good chunk of them, but not absolutely everything. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, so one thing that's, uh, interesting, um, is that we had been watching a lot of Jello films, uh, Italian films coming into this. Um, and so this is probably, um, the first time watching Halloween for you after kind of, uh, I, I made you watch, uh, 10 or 11 Jello films. Uh, did that, um, impact your perspective at all? Did you see certain similarities or differences, um, to the material no actually uh, uh it's a great question I, and and i think it definitely has it gave me a a, a better a better outlook or a better way of looking at the film um mm-hmm. 
when I watched it back in in, in undergrad uh, for you know this horror film analysis class basically uh, the class the cor- the course was uh, about American nightmare so it was really about the evolution of American horror um, I actually wanted to find my notes but I could not find my laptop from back then <laughs> probably in Seattle but uh but I mean, the focus was strictly, you know, from the evolution of American horror and what what horror is under Americans American views, uh, and yeah, and and so we would look at, at we would look at films with like you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, look at uh, Psycho, and how that you know gave gave uh, gave way to the, the existence of Halloween. But there was a huge gap, and I think maybe a professor mentioned it, but I don't remember. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. she would mention, like, foreign things, but we wouldn't watch it, so it wouldn't matter. So there was a huge gap on what makes the, the recipe for Halloween so good, mm-hmm. and, and that was giallo. Yeah. So if you, if you have... Because, I mean, Halloween is the perfect mix between Psycho and, you know, the the, the, suspenseful, the, the suspenseful act... Uh, uh, Ma- the master and and following the footsteps of the master of suspense uh hitchcock right right so you you got you got that you got that in there you got a little bit of the gritty grittiness from um texas chainsaw massacre but then you you have a lot of the techniques and styles coming from giallo mm-hmm. the first person camera like there are moments where i um because i mean we're talking about I mean, these are these are cheap productions. I'm pretty sure those cameras back then were super heavy, especially if you had mics and everything hooked up. You can tell that a lot of the chase scenes are are. I mean, the sounds are done after, just like an Italian film, mm-hmm. which makes sense uh, because it gave the freedom to have the first eye view of the killer, uh, to have the you know the exploration of the house, the the way that it's done. Uh, and that comes from, and that's definitely inspired by Giallo for sure. Right, right. Um, and we do know actually that uh, uh, Carpenter was uh, kind of an Argento fan. Um, he mm-hmm. definitely seen uh, Deep Red and Suspiria. Uh, that one of the scenes, uh, kill scenes from Halloween Tune, is taken pretty much directly from Deep Red. Um, so definitely um, a fan. So I think it's, uh, I think there's definitely some influence there. Um, I think one thing that definitely caught my eye too is just the way that uh, Carpenter moves the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very mobile. Uh, it's a little bit less showy than someone like Argento, um, but I do really like the way that he's just very fluid um, about moving the camera. Um, the handheld, I think, is really really good in this film, really strong. Um, in a way that I don't think it's. Uh, I, I I feel like it feels a lot more thought out. Obviously. There's the opening shot, which we'll we'll get to at some point, and we'll discuss that. I think that's probably one of the most impressive shots in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, um, like uh, there's huge parts of this film where, um, like in some ways, this is uh, kind of setting the template for a slasher. But if you kind of look at it backwards and you take that sort of slasher template where there's maybe a kill every 15 to 20 minutes um, and it has that certain formula, Halloween in many ways is a little bit different um, in the sense that you have that opening kill 
and then actually there's not a lot um he, he escapes from the asylum obviously but there, he doesn't kill anyone um until uh the third act basically so mm-hmm. until pretty deep into the film so a lot of that is just like very patient and uh i mean uh loomis even comments about how patient uh he is and and the film is also very patient in terms of just like somehow keeping that tension uh while he's just kind of lurking around the school during the daytime and following the characters around um uh and uh i think the film is very very strong um the way it just sort of like lurks voyeuristically um with michael myers just sort of stalking um different uh characters throughout like I don't know, basically 45 minutes there in the middle. Right, I, I completely agree. I mean, in the first film, uh, which is what, 90 minutes? Um, maybe a little bit longer? Uh, yeah, but uh, I think it's 91, so almost exactly 90. In the first film, only five people die. That's it. Yeah. Only five people die. And, uh, and really, the whole film is about the suspense. Yeah, it's it's not. It's, it's not, not a body count film. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's all about the suspense. And. And that's it. It's a uh, it's a monster. It, it is kind of a monster film, but the 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 key is not so much you know oh monster killing is is. Taking your time, seeing how the monster thinks about things. Knowing that it's gonna kill, but you don't know when, you don't know how, and and that and that's really it, um, and, and and that's something that a lot of slasher films completely miss, mm-hmm. and it's something that I think uh, once we get to Halloween Kills, I yeah. think that's something that that film misses too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a perfect contrast versus Halloween Kills, which is totally a body count film uh mm-hmm. like i don't know how many people die in that film but it's a lot uh and this film in comparison you said five people die that i i haven't counted but i think that's right um uh and you know those five people it's like a bunch of them are just at the end too it's pretty clustered together uh in halloween kills we have people just getting knocked off here and there um is it suspenseful Eh, maybe a little bit here at moments, but if you're asking me which one like is a lot more tense and suspenseful throughout it, it's certainly uh, the original Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like not even close. Um, yeah. Okay, well, uh, any other thoughts on uh, Jello? In many ways, I, I do think Halloween, um, it simplifies it in ways that are good and bad. Uh, I think one thing that maybe isn't, so good uh well maybe it just hurts it sort of in the long run is that it's so simple that it did make it easy to mimic uh yeah (laughs) uh anything like that that you wanted to uh bring up so i was listening to another podcast talking about the simplicity of halloween Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how i think it was simple and and then simplified i forget what they said it was a damn it Anyways, uh, the Halloweeny, I think, is the name of the podcast itself. But um, but there, there is something that could be something can be simple and good. Absolutely. But something something can, but but there are other things that are dumbed down, which are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and people sometimes confuse simple simplicity with dumbed down. And and they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um. 
the movie is easy to you think it's easy to mimic because it's simple but it's not a dumb movie no no and and that's why it cannot it's it's just ho- so hard to mimic uh yeah i mean in a way it is hard uh to match how good it is uh in a way, other way it's like oh it's just like a guy and a knife walking around so in that sense it's easy to make a guy a, a film about a guy with a m- knife uh knocking people off um true yeah so no no it, I, I, yeah i i agree but uh, yeah. but I completely agree with 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 that. But to make a, a good movie about a guy with a mask with a knife, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and uh, Carpenter and uh, Deborah Hill, who produced and wrote it, uh, they knock it out of the park pretty pretty strongly in this film. Um, okay. Well, sorry, I, I that was kind of a bad question because I I was talking about Giallo and I got a little derailed on the simplicity. Um, any any uh, similarities, differences you wanted to point out uh, in terms of Jello versus slasher slash Halloween? Well, it's funny because we we talked about this already, like in in our, our previous podcast. So I mean, I don't know. If it's, yeah. So check forget, those out. Exactly. I, 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 I mean, I, I I've said it before. I think that you know there there's the film where with the motorcyclist. I forget the. Uh, uh, Solange. The name of the, I think it might have been Solange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it definitely has uh, that air of of uh, of a serial killer who you know you you see in first person in many moments. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of other films. Yeah, but but I mean, my my I, I always said like in those movies, it's like you know it, it's almost there except for uh, the the killer is still. A, a reasonable person, even if yeah. they even if they are psychotic, which some, sometimes they are, like uh, especially the Ar- Argento ones tend to be right. Like I was I was thinking, yeah, the one the one with the the guy with the extra chrom- chromosomes. <laughs> like even yeah, if they are quote unquote psychotic under you know their their yeah. medical bubble, uh, they, um, they, they they there's a reason behind it. That takes it out of this uh, mystical aspect that you know Halloween brings to the slasher. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, Halloween is. Uh, yeah, it, it's it is slightly more mystical, but compared to like, it kind of splits the difference because he's not Frankenstein or something like that. It's like not totally. It, it's a guy, uh, but it it gets rid of that. One thing I do like that uh, it. In, in my opinion, is a big upgrade versus Giallo, um, as well as Psycho, which probably most of this stuff comes from, is it just simplifies the Psycho babble. It does not bother with it. Instead, we just have like Loomis saying a lot of different om- ominous lines about that. And I think that's a much better way to do it than to sort of have like, I mean, I love Psycho. I think Psycho is a great film, but like the last five minutes of Psycho with the explanation, it's stupid. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's stupid. And a lot of these Jalo explanations at the end, they're also stupid. <laughs> like they also do not matter. Um, I love these films despite those reasons, but those uh, those sorts of reasons at the end are not why I like those films. And I like how this film—it's so simple um, and so well designed uh, that it doesn't need that. So I think that's one case uh, of this being a little different from Jalo or uh, maybe like uh, what Hitchcock would have done. Uh, that I think is actually a, a pretty big upgrade. 
Yeah, what, what, what's kind of interesting, uh, and I know again, I'm jumping onto the the next one, is that, uh, to Halloween Kills, is that this film, as you mentioned, Loomis says a bunch of ominous shit. However, the the, the most clear thing that basically he says is, I saw into his eyes. I mean, I'm, like I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I saw into his uh, eyes, and he is just pure evil. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Is <laughs> this this person, this child, now adult, is pure evil. And I think uh, what Halloween Kill tries to do, and I know that I'm jumping to the other movie, but I just... It, that's fine. Uh, I mean, that's why we watch these two. Is also, we have the full context. Anyways, please go ahead. Because um, since, I mean... Since the seventies, it's been so uh, so much has happened that uh, so much lore has been created behind Halloween. That I think Halloween Kill wanted to reestablish that. It's like, no, it's not about you, Laurie. It's not about anyone. He's just evil. He he likes to kill and hang out in his, in his house. That's what he does. He goes yeah. to his house. He kills, and and uh, you know, that movie doesn't work for many other reasons. But again, the simplicity. That's it. Explanation: yeah. pure evil. Yep. Done. Yep. Yeah, and I mean that's. I mean that's a big reason why uh, I'm like I don't watch movies for like complicated explanations for killers or anything like that. It's like you don't need that in order to make a good film. So um, I I agree with you. I I think that's um, that's something that that is good. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean I don't know if we're gonna get back to. If we're getting into the what is a horror discussion that we had that one time, <laughs> but uh, I mean, this is—I'll just throw in my reflection right now. I uh-huh. wrote it down. I, so to me, Halloween. So when when I watched Halloween when I was eight, uh, it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking terrifying movie, <laughs> uh, and. No, seriously, like, and th- there's a reason why I didn't I, I didn't watch it until I was like in my late teens, and it's because I was terrified by this film. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's because the movie itself explores pure evil in a human form. The, I mean, the movie starts with a child, this cute little kid, right. who when I when I first watched it was my fucking age. <laughs> Uh, from the who out of nowhere decides to put a mask and kill his sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who, who? By the way, her age is around the age my sister was. So <laughs> add add to the to how terrifying that is, right? <laughs> um, and. The way I viewed it there, and I, I still think it's part of it, is how this person, right, like this child who later becomes an adult, something happens to him that he just decides to be a killing machine. Uh, I mean, and you could say this is similar to a zombie film, but it's not. It, it, this is a man, a human being, flesh and bones, until the end of Halloween. Uh, because you know how the fuck do you survive so many shots? But anyways, uh, this is a flesh and bone person who 
becomes a killing machine. And to me, that was terrifying. It was just terrifying mm-hmm. to think, oh, I could become Michael Myers. Anyone could become Michael Myers. And that's going back to the 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 the, 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 the suburb, the safe area where no one is safe. I mean, the killer is literally from within. It's this child. Right, right. And I mean, like we also like to attribute meaning to things, and uh, making. I think you touched on something good there, and making him sort of like a, a kill, killer that kills for seemingly no reason uh, is just that much more terrifying. Exactly, and and the use of first person, yeah, adds to that. Yeah, yeah, so much. Yeah, where it's like you're identifying with the killer. Um, okay, so you watch this very young. What age would you say this is an appropriate film to see? I don't know. I, I'm really... <laughs> it, I, I, were you too young? Like, if you were to go back there, uh, rewind the clock, like in one of them Harry Potter movies or whatever, would you say, Inyaki, don't fucking watch this film? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I'm fucked up, so, you know, it's probably fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is one of those films where, um, so I watched it because my sister loved horror. And mm-hmm. I think my, I think our, my mom was, or was like not at home. <laughs> she got, or she got home like when the movie was ending and she was uh-huh. like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, you know, um, but what's kind of hilarious is afterwards, uh, my sister played, played a prank on me, uh, where, as I'm like changing on my PJ, she's behind me. Uh, like, she opens the door soft, softly, walks in, making the. <sighs> <laughs> oh. I turn around, and she has a. Uh, she's wearing fucking bed sheets with uh, with like these '70s glasses from my mom's like drawer, and this cleaver, <laughs> and I basically. I mean, if it wasn't because I didn't have shit in me at that moment, I would have shut my pants because I was <laughs> so scared. <laughs> there you um, go. Well, thank I God you didn't have legumes. Fun. I know, seriously. I mean, I know this is more like personal opinions and has nothing to do with a film analysis aspect of it, of it. But I mean, generally speaking, if I was traumatized, it was probably more because of my sister than the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this film also, I mean, it leaves uh, an impression on you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think there's something to that, too. I mean, I, I, the first time I found this film uh, to be fairly scary, too, even though I watched it as an adult. Um, it's, it's just an effective piece of uh, filmmaking. Um, okay, uh, so uh, last thing I wanted to touch on um, in sort of like that Argento Giallo stuff is one thing that I had not thought of uh, but was inspired uh, by the film is actually the soundtrack, which uh, is somewhat inspired by Goblin's music in mm. Deep Red and Suspiria, um, in kind of the same vein of a lot of conversations we've been having. It's a lot simpler of a score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goblin has like multiple pieces in their band, and uh, it's prog rock. They're doing different stuff. Um, so I thought that was interesting too. Uh, I don't know if you have any comment on that. Um, either way, it's fine. Uh. I can definitely see it when it comes to, uh, I think, with Deep Red. Mm -hmm. Suspiria. Suspiria's score is so over the top that uh, maybe a little bit less so. Uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, Deep Red, I I, I understand. 
but I, I think he was definitely more subtle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am one of the few that is not a huge fan of Goblins in Suspiria, although in Deep Red, I, I appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. almost like uh, if, go- if you take Goblin in Deep Red and you tone it way up, then you get Goblin in Suspiria. And if you take Goblin in Deep Red and then you tone it down, then maybe you get yeah. Halloween. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, but the score is, of course, very iconic. I think it's great. Uh, very catchy. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that definitely uh, sort of lingers in your head. And um, it's good to see them still continuing to use uh, Carpenter's music in Halloween Kills. It's something that I definitely am in support of. Well, yeah. I mean, on, uh, in Halloween Kills, I think uh, they they even brought, up, brought, brought back some of the uh, soundtracks, sounds that were not in other films, like uh, the more cal- calm two note piece mm-hmm. that you would have like the like well you're just sort of waiting and you just have the sort of a two note piece with a small arpeggio not, nothing too big uh, on a piano and you know just a very eerie uh, piece because it's not the it's not the classic do 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 do, but it's more like the yeah yeah yeah. It's almost a little old school, but also just updated just enough that it doesn't feel yeah. like it's like like kind of that sort of cheesy old school sound effect from like fifty sci fi or something. Exactly. Yeah yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, we touched on a lot of this stuff. I don't want to spend uh, too long on this. One other topic I did want to bring up is one of the common complaints about this um, is the uh, other teenage girls. Um, I think Amy. Annie and Jamie and sort of like their teenage dialogue totally uh, <laughs> uh, is this a detriment to you uh, like do you complain about this we've watched enough Jallos to uh, ignore uh, bad acting and dialogue <laughs> um. <laughs> so you know uh, the case in favor of it and I'm not saying I agree with this I don't know where I fall exactly on this debate is that it it is kind of realistic like teenage girls are kind of annoying uh and like having them talk like that is probably pretty plausible um (laughs) so i i mean does it annoy you not necessarily i mean i i don't know i i i mean one uh, so one one of the actors uh the the girl with the boyfriend um uh-huh. the blonde one uh she she Jamie. was yeah she she was also in um in Carrie and she was just like that too over on that one so i mean uh, i was just like i mean maybe teenage girls were like that in the 70s who knows you know yeah i mean i do find them plausible characters but they they seem pretty annoying. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, my second to last viewing of this film, um, I watched it with a friend who was seeing it for the first time, and I, I got to see him personally just get visibly more and more annoyed at the uh, teenage girls. So um, <laughs> I can see, I, I can sort of understand the reaction. Uh, I don't find them to be that bad. Um, like it does come across to me as like, you know, real people, but uh, they are. Uh, I also can see both sides, I guess, to this. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's that's kind of how girls were written in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I mean, was Carrie from the seventies or yeah, yeah, seventy six. So two years prior to this, so probably right. uh, kind of a low key influence. 
Right. I mean, same actress. Uh, so, you know, I guess, okay. uh, yeah, the blonde girl is the bully uh, in Carrie. Uh, no, the bully's Nancy Allen. I don't, uh, so that's someone different. Wait, wait, but... not the, who, wait, 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 wait. Who was the one who would dress like Mario or Luigi? I mean, in Carrie? Yeah. I don't remember. But the main uh, bully, the one that dates John Travolta, is Nancy Allen. I do know that. Who is not in this film. Okay. Well, but I mean, one one of the one of the bullies is in one one of the girls in there in there was is a blonde girl in this one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally plausible to me, so I believe you. Um, okay. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, there's a couple set pieces I had earmarked here. Um, other than that, um, I don't have uh, a ton on this film. I mean, obviously, a hugely influential film. Um, I think even in uh, beyond the slasher genre, you could sort of see its influence. Like James Cameron cites this film as an influence on Terminator, which I found to be really interesting because that's not a film I would automatically associate it with it. But uh, it makes sense in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, no, let's go on the set pieces. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, again, a uh, very simple plot. Uh, probably uh, the most... I mean, we talked a lot about sort of like that daytime camera work a little bit and just how it's so mobile. Uh, I think probably the most impressive uh, set piece or, or shot in the film is the opening uh, where they kill Judith Myers. Um Carpenters supposedly they they saved that shot for last because it was technically the most difficult. Um, Carpenter was inspired by sort of the opening shot in Touch of Evil, um, which I am also a big fan of how that film opens too, just mm-hmm. sort of like with a tracking shot. Um, and uh, I love it. I think it works well. Uh, I think it's a great way to just sort of draw you into the film to start. Um, it's not. Uh, it feels le- somehow less showy than Argento. Uh, in certain ways so it feels a little more humble and grounded in a certain ways but i think it uh really works well and like it's a legitimately shocking moment where it finally does cut and you just see that like very young boy uh doing it so uh, i think it's uh i think it's really good that's my opinion yeah no i I completely agree i it it, it's also it does a good job also sort of introducing uh the first person who he kills uh as well as giving you the layout of the house mm-hmm. yeah, layout, yeah good point yeah. Uh, and the layout of the neighborhood so i mean in, with very little you already get a feel of the neighborhood it's halloween you get a feel of the house uh you get a feel of the character herself who is you know is a young teenage girl uh and uh you get a little bit of that grind house because i mean it's it's sort of exploitative, sort of uh, the actual killing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it does a lot of things uh, really well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, um, other than that, uh, I guess the only other really set piece. Uh, I mean, unless you want to talk about either of the kills, but as you said, this is not like this is like this is like the prototypical slasher. So we don't have like these super over the top, uh, bloody kills in the same ways. I think they're good and effective and uh, nasty enough, but, um, they're not like, uh, blood spurting everywhere. Um, well, most, most of the kills are actually off camera. Um, it, I mean, the actual slash slashing or stabbing itself, uh, you, you don't really see it. Like, true, true. Um, the killing of, um, <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, the killing of 
I wish I forgot to have a, a list of characters name here. Which one? So. Uh, the uh, is they killing Linda's boyfriend, for example. Oh yeah, that you guy. Know, you, I, I don't you know see, his name <laughs> it, uh, You know, Michael Myers is choking him, so he's lifted yeah. up. But but you don't really see how he kills him. You you see he's being lifted up. All you see is his feet, and then the guy and then Michael Myers stabs him. You don't actually see the stabbing. You just see the right. the, the after the fact. Right, right. Uh, I don't remember uh, when you know uh, when uh, Linda dies, like when she's killed. Um, the setup is actually really brilliant, right? It's yeah. she she expects her boyfriend instead uh, instead of Michael Myers dressed as a ghost using her boyfriend's glasses. And again, you got, you got a nice kill going on. Uh, yeah, but while, uh, but as you said, it's just as much about the suspense as it is the kill. Exactly. It's, I mean, right there. I mean, it takes a long time for him to actually attack her. Right. She's talking to him, thinking that it's her boyfriend, and you know it's not. You know he's gonna kill her, and it's like, she's just like, being flirty and all that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I mean, as an audience, you know what's gonna happen, but you're right, kind right. of curious how. Yeah, and 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 they also have that additional touch, which I like, of having her uh, talk to Lori, who originally thinks it's like uh, sex. Or something that she's yeah. hearing, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Uh, I think is also effective. That sort of, so you can sort of get that cross cutting going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, even like the other kill in the car of Annie, I like how that one's done too. It sort of like delays the the actual event too, uh, where she goes to the car at first, and like the car is locked, and then she goes gets the key, then she comes back, and like the car is all of a sudden unlocked. Uh, right. I like I like a little touches like that where it's just sort of uh, you know you could tell that they thought this out they're sort of delaying that uh, which just helps to create like this additional suspension tension which I think mm-hmm. is uh, definitely something that uh, makes it stand out versus uh, a lot of other slashers. Completely agree. Yeah, um, and probably the last notable thing is just sort of uh, when we get Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, uh, coming in at the end uh and she uh and she basically uh has their house with tommy and i forget the girl's name um invaded and they have to uh uh she she basically goes up against michael myers for the first time um which i think is you know i i think this is a favorite scene of many to sort of just nitpick character decisions uh i hear uh nathaniel somewhere uh playing his tiny violin um, but you know that stuff doesn't bother me because you know people under stress and duress, they're gonna act suboptimally. <laughs> so are you thinking her, about her her dropping the knife, her dropping basically yeah. all the weapons that she has, and always turning her back on Michael Myers? Uh, sadly, Lori has not seen a slasher. Um, <laughs> I mean, she 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 fights pretty well. She does. Um, she's effective. Um, she's effective indeed. Yeah, yeah. I. I I mean, I understand those nitpicks. Um, uh, this one was, again, a movie pro- that started the cliche because in other films it happens too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't know. Actually, when watching it this time, uh, because she stabs him with a knife and then she sees her hand full of blood from the knife and she kind of drops the knife, it actually makes sense. Like, think, yeah. if you think of, she's supposed to be like, what, 16 years old, 17 years old, uh, like, 
if you're like a fucking kid who literally just stabbed someone and you see your hands full of blood. Right. I mean, I, I would be terrified and I'd probably drop the knife too. I mean, yeah. also you would assume that the man is dead. He's on the fucking floor. Yeah. I mean, you also just saw uh, three of your friends brutally killed and uh, Michael Myers, for some reason, wanted to create this great set with like a gravestone and stuff like that <laughs> in a bedroom. I mean, that's pretty fucking disturbing. I mean, I would be very upset too. He likes to play with his dad people. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's uh, actually he's actually an artist. Yeah, spelled with like lots of fancy symbols and an e at the end. Um, you know, in the end too, I I do like also how uh, it's like not a lot of like jump scares with Michael Myers uh, jumping out at her or anything like that. He's just kind of like this slow. Uh, force and we like see him we see the danger like get up behind her repeatedly mm-hmm. uh like we have that very iconic shot so we know that she's in danger uh before she does um rather than it just being like oh surprise it's michael myers um sort of deal so i i like how uh the film prioritizes sort of that like suspension tension over uh cheap jump scares i agree yeah okay um well uh that is most of what i have uh so uh we are like let me throw one last thing Uh on where where i do think uh why i think this film might be also so important Mm -hmm. uh for film and horror and i i mean this is probably something i maybe learned in that class i don't know i don't remember i don't have my notes but one area that i think uh this movie also sort of Power, uh, powerful is at least within the, the within the American context. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time the killer goes to you, as opposed to you going to them. So, like when hmm. you compare it to other American slashers, like Psycho. I mean, if Psycho's a slasher, I don't know. You go to you know the you go to the hotel mm-hmm. in Texas Chainsaw Massacres. You go to, you know, Texas. Right. I mean, it's travelers going there. Well, well, this one is uh, Canadian, so maybe it doesn't count. But what about Black Christmas? Black Christmas, it's... That one is... It, it, that one, and that one technically would be the first one of, of that, this kind, you could say. Because, I mean, they're all from the idea of... It's, they're all based on the, on the folk story or the urban legend, uh, the phone call coming from within. Mm-hmm. So they're all, they're all from that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you could say that one is probably the the first one, but that one is at, at a sorority, so mm-hmm. it's like it's a very small group of people that actually experience that life. Mm-hmm. Here fair, is literally fair. like a suburban this, house, a suburban house, a family house. It's a it's a, it's a babysitter and, and a you know a boy. And uh, I think, I think it's just it's really bringing that horror, that terror, that evil, into your house, the place, a place that looks really fucking safe, mm-hmm. especially in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, who won the movie? Oh yeah, forget. And we do that. Um, <laughs> Carpenter. I mean, oh, okay. wait, actually, we know Carpenter on uh, who's the writer? Deborah Hill. Uh, 
it's difficult. Funny how we didn't even talk about Loomis. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Loomis. <laughs> I mean, he's a big reason. Like him and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. If we're just talking about like things that set Halloween apart from other slashers, I feel like those two are a big part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so who, so who wrote? Who actually wrote it? Was she? she did she write? Uh, did she write the film, or was it Carpenter, or was it someone else? Let's see. Okay, I think it was by both of them. Yep, yep. And she produced. Uh, supposedly, she's responsible for a lot of the uh, the female dialogue in the film. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't necessarily fault it uh, as much, uh, but it's it, I, it isn't, isn't very I, fun. But I, I'll yeah. give it to both. Okay, all right. It's a tie. Okay, uh, I'll give it to both too. I would feel bad neglect <laughs> be like, yeah, just John Carpenter, not Deborah Hill. Uh, after you you gave it to him, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it goes to the creators. Uh, they they did just did a very good job um, with the film. Uh, Okay, uh, rating. Uh, I give this one an eight. Okay, actually, we see very eye to eye, I guess. Uh, for me, it's also an eight. I, I do think this film, unfortunately, does get a little bit watered down just by uh, having so many imitators for it. Uh, it's like we think about uh, a film like, like one thing I, I thought about watching this film. This is kind of an unrelated genre, but uh, like Godfather was very famous and popular in italy so it was something like the french connection um but only one of those got endlessly uh sort of imitated in italy because the godfather is very complex and hard to imitate whereas the french connection it's kind of like your rogue tough cop uh same with dirty harry uh, a lot mm -hmm. easier to imitate and so i feel like halloween um it sort of suffers from just a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, I can imitate that. And so a lot of the things that maybe were more original at the time uh, do feel a little more dated uh, and a little bit more like tropes. Uh, not mm. to say it's bad. Obviously, I, I do have quite a lot of admiration for this film. Uh, okay, last thing I wanted to ask you on this. Um, uh, would you take this film or Deep Red? I think I prefer this one. Okay. I take Probably. deep red. I, I I like the Italian sets just a little bit better. The sort of richer, more complicated. So I think there's different pros and cons. Uh, what I about? Mean, it, it depends on, on 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 how I'm feeling. Like mm -hmm. right now, we are in October. We are in Halloween, and my mood is horror. Mm -hmm. So and deep red is less of a horror, more of a crime film. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I it's still so, it's yeah. still a horror. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I would say Halloween fits more neatly into the horror genre than most of Giallo, which is like sort of hybridish. Um, I mean, genres are they're fluid. Genres, genres are fluid. Are, genre, <laughs> genres are are fluid. Uh, I was having a conversation recently about like, you know, uh, a lot of people consider Sixth Sense a, a horror film, and I never did. And then I actually consider uh, Jurassic Park a horror film. Most people don't. <laughs> okay. and, 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 and I mean, why not? It has monsters that are killing people sim seamlessly. While in Sixth Sense, no one is dying. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, what about versus uh, some of the contemporaries of the time, uh, like Texas Chainsaw or uh, Black Christmas? What do you pick? 
Black Christmas, uh, I don't remember that one very well. Actually, i only seen it once with you. Yeah, yeah. We watched so, that around 10 years ago, too. So I, I, I do not have much of an opinion. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I also watched 10 years ago with you. I also <laughs> watched it 10 years ago. Um, I need to rewatch it first. So I'm, I'm not going to give, a, give, a, give okay. it a comparison yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me personally, I, I take Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I saw that film, and that film fucking bites uh, it's the most visceral of them. It feels the most out of control. So I think it kind of holds up just because like that grindhouse nature is just really, really hard to replicate. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all great in their own way. I, I'm just curious, which one do I want to rewatch more? Uh, I would, my pick, I'd probably pick Black Christmas or Halloween to rewatch more. Texas Chainsaw is a fucking trip. Uh, so It is. Uh, it yeah. is. It's like... I think it might be the shortest, but it's also, like, the most intense. I mean, just that title alone is just, like, <laughs> I mean, it's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great. Uh, so, yeah, I give gave this an 8 out of 10, too, so we're pretty uh, simpatico on this. Uh, let us move on to Halloween Kills. Um, okay. Uh, so, what did you uh, think of the film? Uh, it's kind of a mess. Um it's a it's it's a very fun mess. It's a very, it's a very fun mess. Uh with Michael Myers in it. Um and it is actually I mean if if there's one thing they sort of did well was Michael Myers. Um but um yeah, it's 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 a lot of characters. It's a lot of um a lot of quotes, a lot of flashbacks, a lot of flashbacks to the movie that just happened right before. Some flashbacks to the very same movie you're watching. Um, flashbacks to 1978. Yeah, the 1978 actually makes sense. And actually, those were the more enjoyable scenes, in my opinion. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> they, they, they did a good job, in my uh, also, in replicating, replicating 1978. It almost... The look, the, they, they did get the, look the and basic environment uh, down pretty good. Yeah. Um, which is really hard to do. Uh, but, I mean, the dialogue felt like ta- a bunch of taglines. Like every <laughs> m- many times when people are talking, it's like, you know, uh, tonight evil dies or evil dies tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's set by, like, I think multiple characters. Yeah. many times and they, they like, needed to workshop that a little more you know yeah uh, it, it's funny because you, you you hear the complaints about the previous one yeah but the previous one they, they actually feel even though the, the writing is bad and in, in the, the, when the girls are talking to each other you know uh, uh-huh. like, like valley girl, girls or whatever it feels like a conversation there's a back and forth there's a there is like a, a, a hearing and a call and response. Here, it literally felt like a bunch of taglines being passed yeah. around. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it's one thing when like Donald Pleasance is saying it because like that guy can pull it off uh, <laughs> in a way that's pretty entertaining, I think. And it's another thing when you have all these different characters saying it. It just, I don't know, it's a little silly. Yeah. Um, so before, uh, before uh, when we decided to watch this, uh, these two films. Mm-hmm. I had not yet seen uh, Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. right? This is, I'm telling this to the audience because it's, 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 fun, it's relevant to what I'm about to say. 
when we talked about this, uh, I was like, hey, should I watch it? Uh, you know, James Ted, nah, you don't need to. Neither James or I had seen Halloween Kills, so I mean, he was just talking out of his ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. not not different from uh, most things, but yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I decided to watch it because I'm like, this is for a podcast. I want to, I don't want to be asking myself too many questions while watching this film. Yeah. And interestingly enough, he was sort of right and wrong. Um, you don't need to watch it because the film has all the flashbacks to the previous film that you don't need. Like this film, Halloween Kills, it was sort of made, it's not a film that can stand by its own. It's a, it's a, it's the second part of a trilogy. Yeah. However, uh, so, I mean, it couldn't, structurally speaking. However, it also didn't try. Um, you know, if we were to compare different trilogies, you know, there is, I'm going to compare it to completely unrelated trilogies, right? You got the the, the Star Wars trilogy, the original one. Uh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back is the middle film. But it can you can watch it by itself. Yeah. And you have a full film. You don't need to know what happened before or after. Contextually, mm-hmm. you can get it. Two Towers from Lord of the Rings. Same story. You can have that. In this one, instead, they decided to cram as many flashbacks. Not just uh, the ones from the 70s, I don't mind. But the flashbacks from the 2018 film? Why? Why have that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, you watch these back to back. Uh, I watched the 2018 one back in 2018 or 2019, so it's been a, a hot second for me. Uh, to me, at least, they felt very tonally quite different. Like, like yeah. it's almost like shocking that it's the same people that are making this film. Uh, you saw these closer together. Did you have that same impression, or or am yeah, I off base? yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. I yeah. mean, I think Halloween 2018 again, not a great movie, but um, it actually does a really good job at trying to. Bring it back to the original Halloween. Right. It's not it, the original. The the kill count is like three times as big as the original. But it scales it back to that. Yeah. And then and, I mean, and this film has like a kill count three times the time the the amount from Halloween twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least. I mean, this one just goes like balls to the walls. Uh, and 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 again, the previous one actually, you got you got a. I mean, it's not a simple movie. You actually got a... I mean, the main killer is very simple. That's the part where they dial it back, right? It mm-hmm. just kills. Don't it, Why? Who gives Doesn't a matter. shit? Yeah. He kills. Uh, and, and that's the reason why they ended uh, the second one. Because it's the Halloween 2 and from the 80s. They actually give, gave him a purpose. No, fuck that purpose. He's evil. He kills. Done. That's fine. This one, they sort of play with that purpose, ending up to the same conclusion that the first one, that the 2018 already set up, which is he's evil. That's it. Yeah. Um, but in this one, uh, oh, sorry, in the, but the previous one, you know, they decided to add a plot, which is a family drama. And actually, that's a solid pro- plot. And that, it was just one plot, family mm-hmm. drama. In this one, they add. A th- like a shit ton of subplots 
And it's just hard to tell, like, why do I care anymore? Right, right. Yeah, you know, I feel I feel very similar about this film to you, too. Um, I it, it felt like they planned on Halloween 2018 being a one-off, and I think it works pretty well um, like that. Not a great film by any means, but a very enjoyable one. And this one, it's almost like they got approved for, like, a second season that, that they didn't expect to be. And they're like, oh, all right, let's come up with this. And they come up with some very... I mean, I don't think all the ideas are bad necessarily, uh, but it's uh, it's very, very messy and very overcomplicated in a way I don't think it needed to be. It reminds me of uh, The Last Jedi, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Okay. And I'm fearful for Halloween ends because <laughs> uh, why do I say this? Because I, I think uh, the director had some ideas. The writers have some ideas, and they were like, "Okay, fuck it, let's try them. Let's try them. Let's just shoot for it." Yeah, they, and, and they and, really could have used some editor or something to like kill some of those ideas, you know? Yeah, but I applaud them trying. So, Same. so this, this is the, the the positive. I I think they they were ambitious, and I uh, and I applaud the ambition. Uh, they, for example, I actually conceptually speaking, not as as how it was done. Conceptually speaking. I love the the grief angle that the film was taking, right? Um, Michael Myers just killed a shit ton of people in the previous film, mm-hmm. so undoubtedly now you're you're actually seeing the the pain that that, that has caused to the loved ones, the survivors, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's a powerful thing. That's something you don't see in slasher films, and you know that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, However, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, the problem is, it tried to do that and about ten other things. And exactly, so it does feel just overstuffed. Uh, you know, uh, you're probably going to disagree with this because we felt differently about this film. But the film it reminded me of actually uh, is uh, Candyman, uh, which I also felt was very overstuffed and the themes didn't really work. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I'm speaking personally for myself. Um, I liked a lot of the technical aspects of that film, and I like uh, I like I mean I like some of the kills here, like they're appropriately brutal and they look nice and stuff. Even if the film never really like attempts too much suspense, um, like I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed watching this film, uh, but like its attempt at themes and stuff, I thought were very mixed bag and a lot of it didn't work. I I, I agree in part. I think. Candyman had maybe two themes, but there were, but you could say like, oh, it was too politically loaded and all that stuff. And that, hey, you know, that's where we disagreed, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I, I, mind but, it being politically loaded. I just didn't think it worked very well. Right, right, sure. But I would say it had two. At most three. Okay, if this you one had, it, sure. This one had 20. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Like, Mob Justice good yeah oh but it's bad no sorry mob justice bad but is it good too oh uh you know some sort of like preconceptions of uh some sort of you know uh i want to say minority but that's not the the word but like vulnerable group of people aka the uh the other mental the other man from the mental facility right Okay, so you have that, you know, and that, that's like a little like five. That's like a, an episode of this movie. 
It's like an episode that could have could have happened or not because it doesn't change the plot. No, it doesn't. So, all right, you have that. You have Laurie Strode and her drama. You have the family that you have uh, the boyfriend, girlfriend, and dad and boyfriend's dad hunting Michael Myers. Yeah. You have the black doctor. And, oh, sorry, the black nurse and yeah, the black doctor and nurse. You have little John and big John. You have Big John, Little John and Big John. Um, you have Tommy and yeah. the nurse. <laughs> yeah. Who, who? by the way, uh, th- this movie raises uh, Halloween too, but the nurse, you know, t- uh, uh, like tries to kill Michael Myers, telling him like as a revenge for what he did to Loomis. But if... Halloween 2 never happened. Loomis was not killed by Michael Myers. Yeah, true. True. Um, anyways, so a fucking mess. Like you just you just got too much and and I mean to be honest, many of those ideas I I actually yeah. hey, what what happened to Tommy? I I you know what? I'm intrigued. Yeah, Would yeah. Have loved I mean to know I, that. I kind of like the mob plot. Uh if if it didn't have to juggle so many balls at the same time, but like, but even the mob plot was like inconsistent because it's like mob bad, oh but mob good, oh but mob bad because yeah, I mean yeah. mob you know it's just like uh, I don't know yeah yeah it, it was just it was just very muddled and muddied. Uh, I do think where this film does work though is when you simplify it just to like Michael Myers killing people like. Which is, you know, admittedly a very simple thing. I, I think for the most part, it's an effective enough uh, uh, slasher. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if we're going for the slasher aspect of it, and, and this is the part where the movie did really good. Michael Myers was really good. Um, he He was actually, I mean, way more effective than the first one, for sure, and Supernatural as well. But... Um, he was also the Michael Myers of the first one in the sense that not only did he kill, but then he was he would set a scene with the dead bodies. Yeah, he he uh, likes his uh, set pieces. He, yeah, uh, yeah. For forty three late years later, he's still uh, thinking up cool schemes. Yeah, exactly, and and I appreciate that because uh, and I think the one of the themes of the movie actually kind of works works well is they sort of like set out this concept that it's like he is. He's still basically the child, the five-year-old child, in, yeah. and now in a, seven, in a geriatric body uh, <laughs> that kills a lot of people. And um, But he's still, like, he's a child in the sense that he plays with the dead bodies. He takes joy out of this and he makes, you know, whatever thing, just like a kid playing around, playing around with it. Uh, and and you know thematically speaking again he's pure evil pure evil uh, with the mind of a child and the body of a giant who is geriatric now um, yeah I think he had some of that like uh, German gene therapy that you know LeBron gets every off season seriously <laughs> or, or that's uh, what people always wonder what he does in the off season when it's not Halloween. He, I think we have our answer. He goes to Germany uh, gets some you know special injections. The same with Paul Rudd, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, him and Paul Rudd, uh, they're buddies after Halloween I, 6 or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, so I, I saw clips of uh, the, the movie that had Paul Rudd, which I think is the fifth one I said or the sixth one. Uh, one of those. I haven't seen yeah. it, so I have nice, I've seen neither. But so I saw a clip, two. and then I was like, I saw a trailer for, you know, like uh, an Avengers movie, and I was like, oh, shit. He looks almost the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of famous for that. I mean, he's over 50. Yeah. Has not I aged know. much. Uh, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I digressed. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, you know, I don't have a ton of about this film other than that. I think it's pretty simple for me what did work and what didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I actually did enjoy this film a fair amount. Um, me I too. didn't go in with very high expectations. Um, so just having a very simple body count film, I mean, I thought it was fun. So if we go strictly by the kills, they were yeah. uh, they were very enjoyable. I mean, uh, when you know, the, there's a scene where uh, where, he, where he's killing in the car. Um, the different ways that he's killing those people, um, you know, that's good. Uh, one, actually, the one that I highlighted was one. Um, I mean, there were many moments where I laughed out loud. So there is the fight with the firefighters. Yeah, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, that I laughed out loud. Um, well, I mean, it, that that is the scene that kind of tips you off at what kind of film this is going to be. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, to be honest, though, I wish that at that point they would have filmed this more on the, like, old boy style, where you just get to see everyone. Oh, that like, would have been, that would have been fun. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Either that or do what they did in um, uh, the latest Suicide Squad, where you have that fight in the reflection of uh, of the helmet. I also love, love that scene, mm-hmm. where, again, you still get to see the whole choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a, I guess in a different angle, but something like that. Basically, they should have gotten another double that knows martial arts or something, uh, to do the whole thing nonstop, and that would have been even better, right? With the fire in the back and all that shit. But I mean, but still, yeah, it sets it sets the mood for the film. It's the this Michael Myers doesn't fuck around. He can kill anything and everything. Always, yeah. Um. There's a, the killing of the lady with a fluorescent uh, light bulb. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was uh, also another interesting kill. Uh, yeah. He also uh, is definitely no longer killing just teenagers. He's uh, equal opportunity. Kills uh, LGBTQ community. Kills uh, kills minorities. He kills everyone. Kills, well, I mean, the, the original didn't have any, any minorities or anything. The original was like, the first one was all white people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. straight. So yeah, here here he gets a chance of killing everything, yeah, everyone <laughs> under the sun, yeah. Except for Latinos, there's no Latino representation. Like Latinx, Michael Myers yeah. still racist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't but, think uh, he's killed an Asian person yet either. Oh, you're right. You're right. There you go. Uh, yeah. well, no, but, but in I, his defense, I, he's in Haddonfield, Illinois. So right, but uh, I I uh, now one thing. So the other thing I actually liked about this movie when it comes to the kills is that it lingers on the on the victim's face. Uh, on the victim's face. And it goes back to the whole uh, grief concept where 
again, it's not so much the 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 gore porn that you're watching, but you're 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 seeing uh, the the human being having their lives uh, sucked out of them through the stabbing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and that's actually another thing where you know. And, and going back to the the lady uh, with the fluorescent light bulb in her throat, as she's dying, she's basically seeing her husband being used as a pin cushion for steak knives, all kind of like uh, off, like sort of uh, out of focus. And mm. this is really like masterfully done, where you you see her pain. She's sad seeing her husband basically right, dead, right. yeah, while she knows she's dying. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, there's a, there's some nice, just kind of one-off, just images. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to the kills, they did a good job. Um, overall, it's just everything else. Yeah, like like the system. Uh, like you gotta you gotta you gotta follow the system. The system have failed. Get the fuck out of my way. Like, I mean, this is literally a quote. I actually uh, quoted that because I was just like, no, no. <laughs> That's writing. Yeah, get us back to totally. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, again, I'm sorry, but totally. Like, uh, yeah, I. she totally doesn't want to. Do, yeah, so you know what? People probably, like, fuck it. I know people who talk like that now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone has ever says evil dies tonight i know i know it's like real people don't talk like that <laughs> um yeah uh also, you got anything else i was gonna say speaking of how people don't talk i don't think as flamboyant as you might be if you if you if your boyfriend's name is john and your name is john i don't think your nickname will be big john and little john i, I don't think so <laughs> speaking of how people don't talk to each other <laughs> Somewhere, uh, somewhere, Nathaniel is agreeing with you. Although, although I must say this, going back to it, this being a fun movie and turning off your brain. Yeah, I do love the fact that, like, when he's in uh, his old house, which is where the Johns live, and they realize, oh shit, someone's in the house, and it's not a child. Uh, Big John is like, oh shit, takes off his watch, takes off his like. rings and grabs the knife and and there's this whole setup like an action film and i was like all right this is kind of cool i hope this is this is going to be a good fight unfortunately yeah. it wasn't but uh, it would have been it would have been somewhat redeeming for you know uh how uh stereoty- stereotypically gay they were because <laughs> they were just straight up stereotypes yeah yeah so it would have well, been I- cool to see them having like actually giving a good fight at least yeah, yeah, it's true. But not many people uh, gave uh, Michael Myers a good fight. I mean, one interesting thing uh, that you bring up that is kind of interesting that came to my mind, too, is uh, the previous film, 2018, um, was somewhat criticized for being more pro-gun. Uh, what's kind of funny about this film is that people that use guns, uh, it does not go well, uh, <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, nothing goes well. <laughs> no, nothing goes well. Yeah, Michael Myers um, kills. He he reduces uh, uh, Haddonfield's population by a lot. Yeah, he, he, yes. Um, I mean, 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just, it's sort of, it, it just, it's interesting because I, I, wa- I watched it when I watched the 2018 film. I actually was like, oh, this is not bad. Like, again, we're not saying it's a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. Uh, no. I, it I has some interesting characters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it has that uh, actress that is in almost everything, but you never remember her, uh, Judy Greer. <laughs> uh, who is she? She's the she's the she's the, the mom. Okay, so she's in both. Yeah, she's in both. Um, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because she's in a lot of things. Like, she's in What's One, 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 One is One, uh, the Jurassic Parks, uh, like, I think one of the Jurassic Parks, uh, Ant-Man. She's, like, in a bunch of movies, but, I mean, she's always, like, a secondary character. Uh-huh. Anyways. Um, she, I mean, she gets a pretty cool role. And then they kill her. Yeah. At the very I mean, end. I think the end pissed off a lot of people. Um just because they just kind of unceremoniously kill off a ton of people. Um, but I kind of, I don't know. I didn't really have an issue with it. But I, mean, I don't. I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm not that uh, tied to the lore of Halloween. And obviously, uh, the people that run the franchise aren't either, uh, considering how many times they've twisted the mythology and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, but this is not. A, I'm not talking about the lore. I'm talking about, I mean, like, you know, you set out some characters on. I mean, I don't mind that they they kill her. Mm-hmm. I just think it was stupid. I think that the the mm-hmm. how she ends up going to uh, sure you could say it's my inner Nathaniel, but I mean, what one of the problems with this film is that it's very inconsistent on how intelligent characters are. Yeah, and this is, to me is not a nitpick because a movie needs to set rules, right? Mm-hmm. Once you once a movie sets its own rules, then you can follow them. Yeah, and Karen. Character by Judy, uh, played by Judy Greer, is a smart, safe character who knows who also is very trained with guns and other weaponry, right? Mm -hmm. And the movie kind of sets her out that way. She's more cautious than her mother Mm -hmm. and her daughter and all that stuff. So, why the fuck at the end, a character you already set her out to do to be this person, yeah, to just Get unceremoniously killed. Goes into Michael Myers' house when she did not see him getting his head chopped off. Because unless you saw him getting his head chopped off at this point, you would assume that he probably will kill that entire mob, which which he did. Yeah. And instead of going home to her daughter, who is bleeding out, she goes to Michael Myers' house. Yeah. Why? Yeah, fair point, fair point, uh, considering, uh, you know, I had forgotten what she had done in Halloween 2018, but that's a good point. Uh, but in this one, she literally sets out the trap for him, for the mob to get him. True, like, true. And in fact, I think she was the brains on that, because, I mean, they don't tell you how they they they, they make out the, the trap. Mm-hmm. I think she was the brains on that, because Tommy was a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> Uh, so no, I mean, just... th- yeah, th- those are the things that I guess pissed me off. It's like th- there was no no consistency on any character, um, mm-hmm. a, and a lot of wasted characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think we mostly agree on this film. Um, 
it, again, I, I hate to go back to it, but I, it feels to me just like, oh, we're going to make a Halloween, another Halloween. Oh, we're going to make two more. Uh, okay, we'll try to come up with something. And it just doesn't feel very cohesive with the previous film. Um, it feels a lot more like a, I don't know, it's just way more of a body count film. Uh, the mm-hmm. previous one, for what it's worth, did have seemingly like a good direction of where it wanted to go. Um, and, you know, I didn't love it, but I thought it worked uh, reasonably well. Yeah, it even have because um, I mean this one also I I guess going more in the technical other things I, I it, it wasn't even that impressive when it come, came to camera work or things like that which uh, the 2018 actually did have a couple of cool scenes tracking shots mm. and whatnot yeah yeah you know I, I it wasn't as memorable I guess um, in some ways I mean. It's amazing uh, to go back to the original, how well the original holds up with just like very simple filmmaking techniques, obviously a very small fraction of the budget of uh, a film like Halloween Kills. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, just kind of goes to show that like uh, even uh, being much mimicked and uh, with very small budget, uh, it just holds up really well. Um, All right. Well, I think that's just about it from my end. Uh, Any last things you want to add? Well, who won? That that was my question. Um, uh, I'm going to give it to Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won. I think uh, I think Heidenfeld definitely takes the L on this one. I think uh, I might give it to John Camp- Carpenter on Deborah Hill's checking accounts. <laughs> well, Deborah Hill has sadly passed away, but oh shit! Uh, okay, John so Carpenter. then John Car- Carpenter's uh, checking account. I think uh, you know. He quote unquote helped on this, um, yeah. and, and uh, whatever it was, it was you know giving them their updated uh, routing number to make sure that the money <laughs> went to the right place. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he has been uh, cashing in on this franchise uh, pretty much since uh, 1978. So good for him. <laughs> I, I think you know. I think for the 2018, it felt like maybe he had something on it, but for this one, I don't think so. I think I think once that contract, if your assumption is correct, once yeah. that contract got extended, he was like, oh, "Okay, all right, um, yeah, fuck that, I want my paycheck though." Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to say. Uh, I did listen to an interview uh, with him before, and uh, uh, the director uh, interview with the director, and the director was saying that he had forwarded uh, like the third script to Carpenter to read. So who knows? Uh, who knows how much he did? But yeah, I mean, it's clear that uh, it, it's it's so different from the original film that it's it's pretty not obvious. But if I were Carpenter, I'd probably be doing the exact same thing. Be like, okay, the last one made how much? Two hundred and fifty million. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do another one. Okay, um, yeah. So um, fair enough. And uh, rating um, five. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this the same rating I gave uh, Candyman, uh, six and a half. Um, it's stu- it's stupid, but fun. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. all right. <laughs> I know. I, I This has accidentally turned into me kind of inadvertently hating on the more recent Candyman. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to give it. Um, okay. Well, that is it for this film to film. We will be going to some other countries uh, in the future. Um Thank you all for tuning in. You can uh, send us an email at zafilmtofilm at gmail.com or tweet at us zafilmtofilm. Um, yeah. And we, we will see you all next time. Also, don't forget to rate us on whatever you're listening. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> all right.
Ciao.